everyone. Okay, last service of 2014. Praise the Lord. New Year is upon us. Uh, before we start, I just have a, a wonderful testimony of just how God is really using our church and how our prison ministry is phenomenal. I just want to give you another testimony of what God has done through Harvest Renewal and Rhema Intervention. So I'm going to ask Mr. Shane to please come up here. I'm going to give Shane a couple of minutes just to say whatever he wants. I know that's dangerous, but I'm just going to give him the mic. <laughs> Blessed day to you, body of Christ. Um, I didn't know what I was going to say today. I woke up at, well, the Holy Spirit's been waking me up very early, really early. Um, the thing that he's impressed by me today is that Isaiah 10, 27, the anointing breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. And I'm just going to share just a quick story. When I was a kid, we had a dog. Kept him on a chain. So he spent his whole life on a chain. And then one day I go out, and as, as a dog will do, they, they develop a dirt circle around the realm of this chain. They can't go any further. And they struggle against this chain for years until eventually it just it gets painful to them, and they don't struggle anymore. So I just decided to conduct an experiment one day. I went and unchained him. And I stepped back. And he went to the edge of his dirt circle. And I called to him, come here. And he wouldn't come. His tail was wagging. His back was almost breaking in anticipation of me coming to him. But uh, as I went and, and grabbed him by the collar and walked him out of this dirt circle, and then he realized that he wasn't chained anymore, uh, he took off. <laughs> I mean, like a bullet. Gone. Now I'm calling to him, please come back. Please come back. I had to chase him through town. Uh, I didn't release him quite like that anymore. Uh, but I'm just here to tell you today that the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage and that if you're tired of struggling against these chains, you know, they, they get painful to you. Just quit struggling. And just rest in the anointing that we have in Christ. If any man be in Christ, that is, in the anointed one, and his anointing, then that breaks the yokes of bondage. So quit struggling and just live in the victory that we have in Christ. Amen. Amen. Two weeks ago, I went to visit Shane in prison, and on Monday, this past Monday, he had a court appearance. So he told me it was on Monday the 22nd. So I said, okay, I'll be there. So on Monday the 22nd, 1 o'clock, his court appearance is in Pamunkey Prison in Caroline County. So in any case, I'm just there to support Shane. That's all I'm there for. So I've got jeans, I've got my Harley Davidson top on, I've got tackies. And there are three gentlemen who are in the same faith-based program that I teach in church from the same group. And they decked out. They've got their ties and they look very nice. Two of them are retired and they're very, very fancy dresses. They look good. And me. <laughs> I'm just here to support Shane. I love him. I just want to let him know I'm here. Anything I can do for you, I'll be there. 
So in any case, just before we go in, he gets a representative, and she starts asking questions of us three, of us four gentlemen. She says, who are you, what do you do? So in any case, so we go into the court, and the judge comes in. This is real. This is not TV. This is court. There's a judge. Shane's in shackles, got his hands and feet, and he comes through the door there, sits in the chair. So judge starts asking questions, and... Um, the representative of his wife says that Shane's not allowed to have a representative because his case, and I don't know what in any case. So I'm thinking, oh no, this no, this can't happen now because the week before when we had home sale at our house, we got on our knees, Jackie and Artem and Kim and Jane, who, uh, Sean McNamara, and we prayed and we commanded those doors to open for him on Monday wasn't a, if it be thy will, it was this is your will, those doors open. So when we got in there and this guy stood up and said, he's not allowed a representative, he has to you know, be there by himself. It was going wrong already. So I just, bless their hearts, these other three gentlemen, they're wonderful men, but they do not believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And I just could not worry right there and then about what they did believe or not. So I'm now starting to pray in tongues. <laughs> I'm binding and loosing. I'm in the name of Jesus. This is Satan. You will not in any case. So this is going on. He says he's not allowed to come out. He's not allowed to have a a representative. He has to finish an extra. He's finished his criminal sentence. Now he's got to do an extra two years in this prison for a civil civil case. So in any case, the judge the judge asks some questions and he's talking to Shane at one stage and, and Shane says, Your Honor, when if I may the Bible is a verse that says if a man doesn't take care of his own family, he's worse than an unbeliever. And when that verse pricked my heart, when I got the revelation of that verse, I knew I was wrong. And I dropped my anger, I dropped my resentment, and, and, and I started paying what I needed to pay to my wife and my family who I wronged. And the judge says, no, that's wrong. The old King James says, an infidel, am I not correct? So, Shane says, yes, Your Honor. The old King James says, infidel. New King James says, an unbeliever. So the judge is talking, 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 and he says at one stage, the reason why I'm talking so much is because I don't know what to do with you. (laughs) And I am hoping that by the time I'm finished talking, I would have made up my mind how to continue with the sentencing, but I don't know what to do. So he says, this is what we're going to do. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. He says... We are going to call up the minister because they've now introduced us and they've said, this is a pastor. He runs a program. They look after the guys. They, I'm just there to support Shane, to show my face, to say that I'm here. Whatever I can do for you, the church, we believe in you. So he says, bring up the minister. I'm praying so hard in tongues, I don't realize he's looking for me. I'm just, I'm just praying. So in any case, they call me up. In my jeans, and my Harley Davidson top. So he says, stand there, raise your right hand, do all that. I'm thinking, I shouldn't even be here. Take the stand. So I sit on the stand. So he asks questions. And in any case, I want to get to the message. This is a long, long testimony that I'm making very short. But he says, you can go and sit down. At the end of the day, after everything happened, the wife's attorney came up and said, the judge was going to give a sentence. He said, listen, let's do this. I appeal or whatever. Let's make the money that he owes. Let's make it less. Because they thinking in their minds he's never ever going to be able to pay that money back. 
So let's lessen the money to whatever amount, because he's not going to pay it. But make him finish his two years. Lock that door. Send him back and let him finish two years, starting today. I'm praying, man. I'm telling you. And, and Shane's son is also just recently filled with the Holy Spirit. He's sitting next to me, and the two of us are letting rip. In any case, so the judge, after everything is said and done, he says, okay, me, you stand up. He says, I'm going to release him to you. So that's our prison ministry from this church. If we were not there in court, he would have finished two more years. That's why I say God is moving. Our prison ministry is phenomenal. Thank you so much for everything that you give, for every cent, every dollar that goes to Rhema. It's, it's changing people's lives. So bless God for that. That's amazing. Okay, today... Even what Pastor Doug said before the service, he was talking about how God thinks about us. He doesn't just put up with us, or he doesn't even just like us. He's the lover of our souls. He thinks we're amazing. He made us. He doesn't make trash. And we have to get the realization, the truth about that. Joshua said that he wanted his daughter to be confident in the love of God. And that's what today's message is all about, that confidence in the love of God. You need to have that, or everything that God has for you, you won't be able to collect. You won't be able to get if you're not certain in the love that he has for you. Because faith works through love. If you don't know how much he loves, how much he cares, he's not faithful, how much he wants to give us. It all works through love. So I have a verse here. We don't have the amplified on there, but Romans 8, verse 14 and 15. Verse 14, this is the amplified Bible. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Listen to verse 15. For the Spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. But you have received the Spirit of adoption, the Spirit producing sonship in the bliss of of which we cry, Abba, Father. I'll read that again in the Amplifier. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry. Abba, Father. That's not amazing. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Spirit produces sonship to take away the fear. Is there any bit of fear in your life today? Anything? Sickness or disease? Family matter? Finances? You're losing your mind? Things are not working out? You don't know how your kids are going to... Is there any bit of fear in you? All you need to do is just make sure that that spirit of adoption becomes a reality to you. And doesn't just sit here in your head, 
but goes 18 inches down into your heart. That it's not head knowledge, but it's spiritual knowledge in here. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. For the rest of the time, we're going to be looking at the the book of Ruth. Because in this book, we read about a man named Boaz, who is a type of Christ, which means in the Old Covenant, we know that Jesus was concealed. He's hidden. New Covenant, he's revealed. And in the Old Covenant, we have people that personify or are an example of Jesus, what he did. We have Moses who led the people out of bondage and so, so forth and so on. And Boaz is a type of Christ as well to come and show us what Jesus has made available to us as the church today and what is truly ours in Christ Jesus. So we only have 20 minutes, so I'm just going to read through these verses. Uh, verse one, uh, sorry, Chapter 1, verse 14. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you, or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts you from me. Now this is this lady. She's now holding on to her mother-in-law who says, I'm I'm going back to Bethlehem. Because she left Bethlehem. I'm sure we all know the story of Ruth. But she says, you go back to your gods. You go back to your people. You, you can't come with me. You don't have a husband. I don't have a husband. This, this is bad. But this woman says, I will not leave you. And there's something about clinging and holding on no matter how bad things look. There's something that you get settled in your heart that no matter what, there is no turning back. There is no second option. There is no plan B. It's God and God alone. Nothing else. So help me God. And that's how this starts out. With this woman saying that she's going to go with her mother-in-law wherever she goes. Now we read further in verse 22. So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabites. We've got to get this. Ruth is from Moab. So whenever they refer to this lady now, they call her something. She has a certain name. They recognize her as something. Okay? So Naomi returned, and Ruth, the Moabites, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Chapter 2, verse 1. Now there was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man, great, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth, the Moabites, said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him, in whose sight I might find favor. Verse 5. 
Then Boaz said to his servants who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. Verse 21. Ruth, the Moabitess, said, He also said to me, You shall stay close to me and with my young men until they have finished all the harvest. Now we go to chapter 3. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now Boaz, type of Christ, whose young woman you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself, anoint yourself, put on your best garment, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies. And you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down. And he will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, All that you say to me I will do. Verse 6. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Verse 8 is what we're going to look at today. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself. And there a woman was lying at his feet, and he said... Who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Okay, verse 8. Now it happened at midnight. Pastor Doug and Cindy and I went to speak with some other pastors a while ago, and the Lord gave me a word, and it was from this. And midnight is a very interesting time, because it's the same time, but two different times. And you and I today are standing at the midnight hour of 2014. It's the end of one, but yet at the very same time, the beginning of another. That's midnight. So you're at two places at the same time. You're standing looking back at that which has passed, that which has happened, that which has taken place, which you cannot change. There's nothing you can do about anything lying behind you at midnight. But you are also looking forward into a new time, into a new season that hasn't started yet. And there's so much potential there. And you have so much power and influence to make come to pass what you want in the time frame that lies before you. So, on that little paper I wrote there, When you looked in the mirror today, are you different than you were on the 1st of January 2014? Have you grown spiritually? Because, man, we've had amazing people come through here and teach the Word of God. And we've had speakers and musicians. And have we sat under that anointing that Shane spoke about? And today, when we looked in the mirror, we saw someone better than the January 1st we did this year. Because that's what is happening in this house. God is allowing us to grow. 
He's bringing the anointing in here so that we can grow and be more like Jesus, do the John 14, 12 works. So at midnight it happened, two different times, that the man was startled and turned himself. And there a woman was lying at his feet. And he said, who are you? This morning at 3.13, God spoke to me. I was... um, Got a little something going on, so I'm lying here. I went to bed at 9 last night, and I couldn't sleep. I have fever, I'm coughing, I'm spitting, I'm just everything. It's not, not nice. So Tiffany had to move and go into another room because there's just so much noise, and I'm getting up. And, but I'm lying in my bed, and I'm just praising God. I'm just thanking Him for what a wonderful Christmas we had. I've got a fever, big deal. I'm lying in a very nice bed. I've got a healthy son in the room next to me. I've got a beautiful wife who really cares for me. I've got a fever. Big deal. I'm praising God. I'm lying and I'm just thanking him for how good he is and thanking him for the wonderful bed. And I can walk. There was a time I could not walk. So I can walk with a fever, with a sore throat, sweating, coughing, spitting, all of that. But I can praise him. So I'm walking in the house. I'm just in my bedroom. I'm praising God. I'm lying there. And 3.13, the Lord speaks to me. Because I'm meditating on this. And he says to me, do you know another time in the Bible that I was startled? I said, no, goodness, sir, I have no idea. And he said, remember the woman with the issue of blood? Because if you read in in Matthew's account, it said when she touched, as it says here in verse 8, he turned himself. Boaz, a type of Christ. In that page as well. The woman came and she touched and Jesus stopped and he turned to see who had touched him. I was like, praise God, that's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. He said, you want another one? Um, Yes. um, Got all night, not going anywhere, bring it on. The centurion who Jesus said, come to my house. He said, just speak the word. And Jesus said, such great faith have I not found in the whole of Israel. That includes John the Baptist. And, and, and God was speaking. 3.13, because I looked at the clock. And he gave me these two things. And he said, that is when I was startled. I am startled when you can come to me in faith and believe and take everything that I have made available for you. That's what startles me. So many other things that people can do because of your gifts, because of your talents, and that's great. But when you come by pure, unadulterated faith, I have to turn and look and say, who touched me? But now, just after that, look, look at this, so amazing. Just after that, the devil spoke to me. Right after that, right after that revelation, the devil spoke to me. I hear people the whole time saying, I hear voices, and you know, Jesus said, the voice of a stranger, you will not follow. So you're going to hear voices. But because you know the word, you know who is his voice, which is his voice, and which is not. And that which is not, just ignore. I'm not making light of people hearing voices, but... Don't pay so much attention to the voice of the enemy that says you're not going to make it. You're losing your mind. Your kids are not going to be able to do this. You're not going to get well. This is, that's not the truth. And the enemy spoke to me, not in a voice, just like God spoke, but it's, it's, it's twisted. 
And this is what he said. Because now I'm praising God for this revelation. I'm like, praise Jesus. Thank you, man. Faith. When we come with faith, we startle him and he turns to see who's there. And the enemy said to me, if Jesus is so amazing, if he's all-powerful, if he could come now and bring you that revelation, why did he not take your fever away? If he loved you, and if he was God is love and all this stuff, why do you still have the sore throat? Because it was just as easy for him to come and bring you that revelation. It would have been just as easy, if he's really such a good God, to take away your fever and your pain and all of that. Isn't that amazing? Just after that revelation, the enemy speaks. And praise God, ten years ago he would have got me, but I have grown. So that's a great question. Jesus, why did you give me the revelation, but I still have the throat? I don't know, but praise God, you're so good. (laughs) Doesn't matter. This is a symptom, it's a lie, it's got to go. I'm lying there, you have no right in my body. You have no, this has got to go. You are a lying symptom, you're not the truth, and the only thing that sets us free is the truth. Not how you feel, not what voices you hear, not what people are saying. The only thing that sets us free is truth. Jesus said you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So stop listening to the voices. Stop listening to the circumstance. Everything has ears. Everything listens. If you don't believe that, go and look for the fig tree that Jesus spoke to. It had ears when he cursed and said, no man eat fruit from you again. It listened. It heard. Every circumstance, every situation has ears. And when you speak the word of God, which is truth, into that circumstance, it has to change. It may be a reality and a fact right now, but truth is higher than fact, and it will change the fact so that it lines up with the truth. So, there the enemy is saying, well, God could have taken this away. So he's lying at the feet, and Boaz says, he says, who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. You see, everyone else was calling her the Moabites, the daughter-in-law, the one from another country. And she called herself that for a while as well. But now when she comes to Boaz, which is a type of Christ, you and I come to the feet of Jesus, and Jesus turns around and he says, Who are you? You've got to know, child of God, who you are. You can't be calling yourself from where you came. You can't be calling yourself from what other people say you are. So all along, all along, we hear Ruth the Moabites, the daughter-in-law, and all of this, and now Boaz turns and says, Who are you? And she says, I am Ruth, your maidservant. She doesn't stop there. She goes on. She says, Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. That's confidence in what Jesus has made available for us. You may need something here today. You haven't seen it yet. It hasn't manifested yet. You don't know why it's not there yet, but you just stay at his feet as the body of Christ. And he's going to turn around and say, who are you? I used to say I'm a worm. I'm just your humble servant, which I still am, but I'm now a joint heir with Christ. 
I am now seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's who I am right now. So when I come to your feet by faith and I bow myself down and I grab hold of you and he says, who's there? I'm just going to let him know. It's your favorite son. It's the one in my mother's womb who you had your hands on and you knit me together. And you made every gift and every talent on the inside of me so that I can fulfill the destiny which you have for me. That's who's at your feet. Now, take this one, your maidservant, your servant, your son, and everything that you've made available, I want. And I'm not going to stop until I get it all. That's not greed. That's the blessing and the covenant that I have. Because now if we go on further in the story, this lady now marries Boaz. And he was a wealthy man, a type of Christ. And no more does she have to go and glean and walk with other people and pick up the scraps that they left over for the poor people to pick up. Every field that Boaz had now belongs to her just as much as it does to Boaz. Because she is now a joint heir with Boaz. You and I, joint heirs with Christ. Who are you? You can't come there, lie at midnight, and, and God says, there's 2015. Who are you? And look at it and say, well, you know, in 2014, I believe this, that didn't happen, or I'm, I'm making so many mistakes, I don't have revelation, I don't... You're knocking at the wrong door. You're lying at the wrong feet. Because he's, many, many years ago, he set 2015 before you, and he said, man, in this year, there are so many great things that I have for you. Do you believe that I have made them available to you? Who are you? And we must know who we are. Not be called by what others say we are. Not be called from the place that we came from but who we are now, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The ones that can come to the throne room of grace with boldness to receive mercy and find grace in a time of need. There's a time for going into that throne room, bowing down, and there's all that time. But there's a time when you come in there as a son and a daughter because your daddy is sitting on the throne waiting for you. Christmas is just over now. Which parent in this place here did not have a child that did not act right in 2014? Yet you still bought them Christmas gifts more than enough, more than they could handle. Why? It, it's just your nature to give. Where did you get that from? From Abba Father, who the Spirit now blissfully makes us cry out, Abba Father. Not a spirit of fear, not a spirit of bondage, but a spirit of sonship. And that's where we are now. Because he is saying, Harvest Renewal, 2015 is ahead of you. 2014, there was good, there was bad, there were ugly. But there's a brand new year ahead of you. Sit at my feet and tell me who you are. Because I want you to have the whole field and not glean as a slave, but enjoy as a son or a daughter. We're going to take a minute here and we're going to think about what we want for 2015 and who we are.
And then we're all going to stand together and we are just going to declare, because Jesus asks you today, who are you? And we're going to say who we are and what we are believing for, just like Ruth, who came to Boaz, a type of Christ. Because 2015 is there. It's waiting. And it's wonderful. Take a minute to make sure who you are. And if you don't know, tap someone next to you and say, just who am I? Help me if I don't know who I am. Take a minute and then we're going to pray together. Let's all stand together. Hold hands with the one next to you. Father God, we come today before you, just like we read in your word here. As Ruth came to Boaz, a type of Christ, and we now come to you, Jesus Christ, because you have come. And we come to your feet and we lay ourselves down as individuals, but as a body of harvest renewal before your feet. And as you ask us, who are you? We say that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of what you did for us. We say that your blood has made a way for us into the holy of holies. We decree that we are seated in heavenly places and that is our viewpoint. We look down on problems and situations, not up. We look from a point of victory because your word says that in Christ Jesus, we have victory over every circumstance and every situation in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we are here today at midnight of 2014 because some of us are here today that should not have made it. Some of us are standing here today in this room that should not be here. But you said, I have made a way for you. I have from the predestination of the earth before the foundation of the earth, before Adam and Eve walked in the garden, I have made a good, perfect path for you. My word says so in Ephesians 2 verse 10. That path carries into 2015. So we thank you, Lord, for prosperity in every area of our lives, spirit, soul, and body. We thank you, Lord, for people coming to this house because they will know and see that God is here. They will know and see the love of God that resides in this house. They will feel the presence of the Lord that they will not be able to argue, but they will say, I have felt the Lord. So we come now, Lord, and we thank you for everything you have done for us. We thank you for carrying us in your hand through 2014. But we believe and decree in the name of Jesus that 2015 will be even greater we thank you that as we sit at your feet and you ask us and direct us, we will know exactly where to go, who we are, and what you have called us to do. We are not lost. We are not in the dark. We are children of light because light dwells on the inside of us and light expels darkness. We thank you that we are your sheep and we hear your voice and the voice of a stranger we will not follow. Because the shepherd calls us by name. He knows us and he has made a perfect way for each and every one of us. 
So we bless you this day. We honor you. And we thank you, Lord, that we can come to your feet, bow ourselves down, and declare to you, as you ask, who are you? We can say, your favorite child. We bless you. We bless 2015. You're the lover of our souls. You are so good to us. Thank you for that love. Thank you that nothing, no one, no circumstance, situation can take us away from your love. We bless you and we love you in the name of Jesus Christ. If any of you need prayer for anything,